Hello, and thank you for joining me on the maiden episode of Season 4, Define the Odds. I'm excited to welcome you to another season that will be eye-opening and life-transforming. I am Annabelle Kemi, and once again, thank you for joining me. I'm sure you will expect that on this first episode in Season 4, I will be discussing something really cheery and probably just fun or light-hearted. However, when I was preparing for this first episode, I had this issue nagging in my mind and kept tugging at my heart. I just could not afford to ignore. And so today, I will be discussing something that angers me. Yes, you heard me right. It angers me because it almost seems like there has been a huge conspiracy of silence around this issue. And I'm sorry to say most of us who are adherents of one religion or the other are to blame to a large extent. Today, my discussion is titled, Religion Does Not Justify Sexual Abuse. Preparing for this podcast was different. Whenever I feel inspired to talk about something, the usual procedure for me would be to go online and research that topic or issue I intend to write or talk about. And I would gather as much data, statistics, if relevant, and of course, psychological explanations. That would most often than not make my work a lot easier. And I usually felt validated by the arsenal of facts or figures I had to back up my point of view. However, like I said, preparing for this podcast was a little different for me. Maybe because it touched on a personal nerve. I had started scrolling through site after site, reading several research papers, and considering the humongous statistics surrounding this issue. But somehow, I wasn't connecting with my findings. Rather than feel validated to write what researchers and psychologists have discovered and written about this particular issue of sexual abuse in religious environments, I felt a burning need to jettison all the data I had collected. And it was a lot. Then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was angry. And that was the issue. I was angry then. And I am still angry. As you read this article on my blog or listen to this via my podcast channel, I need you to know that I am upset at the way we have all turned a blind eye at this horrible monster that has plagued our religious settings and destroyed a lot of young lives. Now, this anger is not one of those generic fits of anger we usually conjure and direct towards societal issues just to make a statement. On the contrary, this anger makes my stomach churn and my lips practically quiver. The reason for my anger is not so much the menace of sexual abuse perpetrated by religious leaders, but the seeming docility of religious adherence towards stopping this injustice. As a matter of fact, in some cases, we find ignorant followers justifying the actions of their religious leaders and placing all the responsibility or blame on either the victim or some other entities. I am particularly angered that this issue has seen an upward trend in recent times, yet reactions seem to have become increasingly negligent, thus giving off a fearful feeling that this evil defies any form of solution. 
I make bold to say that the larger proportion of adult females have at one point in their lives had to deal with sexual abuse. Well, I have. In some cases, it may have been so subtle that you do not even realize that you're being abused. Whereas in other cases, it is blatant. In my case, I was almost sexually abused by an elder in a church, someone I respected and held in high esteem. If I were not a stubborn girl, I probably would have been abused and molested and I would have kept quiet about it out of shame. But in such cases, abusers often go unpunished or admitted punishments that qualify as a mere slap on the wrist. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, I believe that the world has become purposefully designed to victimize the societally constructed weaker gender. I find it laughable though to see that the gender that births humanity is considered weak and then tagged bitter whenever we demand protection from society. What an irony. Now to the main issue that irks me. Precisely two weeks ago, another case of sexual abuse involving a religious leader and an underage girl trended in my country, Nigeria. This is the latest in a myriad of similar cases that have been reported in my country in recent times. Thanks to the internet and technology, more of such cases are being reported and heard about. Sadly, all they do is trend and in a few weeks, there seems to be a collective decision to move on from those cases. It's almost like it's mere entertainment for us. The recent case was even more disgusting as a phone conversation between the abuser who was the bishop of a church and the 16-year-old victim a member of his church surfaced online, just listening to the religious leader shamelessly talk about plans to meet up with the teenage girl made my skin crawl. It was appalling to say the least. The shameless bishop could be heard trying to convince the scared little girl that she would not be caught by his wife who had threatened the girl with death. In other words, the girl was dealing with the fear of disobeying the man of God and the fear of losing her life if she obeyed him as threatened by the mama, you know, the way pastor's wives are usually addressed. Imagine the dilemma confronting this naive little girl who had been groomed and sexually abused for over one year by this man she referred to as daddy. She trusted him. Not surprisingly, just as we're all still trying to digest the magnitude of this abominable act, the bishop's wife spoke up. She took to social media to tongue-lash all those who wanted her husband punished and declared her unflinching support for him. This woman's reaction did not entirely come as a shocker to me. This is simply because it is usually what happens in such cases. Not only do the wives of these sexual predators openly support their husbands, members of the religious body as well as fellow men of God would support him. You would often hear all sorts of excuses being made for him and the devil taking a large chunk of the blame. However, none of these people would so much as acknowledge the physical or psychological effects the abuse has had on the victim. In some cases, the victim would be blamed. If this doesn't invoke anger in you, I really don't know what would. Now, I am further aggrieved that these abuses have happened time and time again and the response has remained the same. Silence. Being almost sexually abused by a prominent religious entity myself, it saddens me to see women who have themselves been victims of abuse look the other way 
whenever it involves the religious leader. We act as if these abusers deserve to be pitied because of their connection to the divine. We forget that even the great King David in the Holy Bible was punished by God for taking another man's wife, even though she was not underage. Their first child died. Yet, modern-day Christians seem to think there should be no repercussions for even more grievous sexual sins committed by their bishops or pastors, as the case may be. At this point, let me state unequivocally that sexual abuse of minors by religious leaders is not limited to Christianity. I am only speaking about the Christian religious bodies because I am a Christian and I know little or nothing about what obtains in other religions. Enough with the empty rhetoric and feigned outrage that often greets these cases of sexual abuse of young girls by religious leaders in our society. What are a few words of condemnation without action? I know we are not all empowered to punish these cases, but our silence is not helping either. Our subtle justification of these barbaric acts in the name of religion makes us equally culpable. Generations of women yet unborn will continue to suffer both physically and emotionally if we do not wake up to our collective responsibilities. No amount of research or statistics churned out will stop these monsters from robbing our daughters of their youth. This is why I will never stop talking about issues like this. These issues cripple women the world over and until we begin to see tangible changes, voices like mine will never be silenced. So this afternoon, I just need you, fathers, to raise responsible sons. Mothers, I implore you to protect your daughters from ravenous religious leaders. Daughters, don't be afraid to speak up when confronted with any situation that threatens you sexually. Leaders and followers of religious bodies, don't be afraid to call out sexual predators in your midst. Society, do more than just talking. Act. Women and men deserve to feel safe in this world that we share. Our young girls and boys deserve to grow up in safe environments. We all need to do better. In my little way, I'll continue to speak up because I am angry. And if you feel any form of anger in the slightest bit, like I do, I enjoy you to take action the best way you can. Religious leaders should show us the way to salvation, not destroy our children's hopes of a brighter future. We all need to do better. And that's all I will be speaking about this afternoon on this maiden episode in season four of Define the Odds with me, Annabelle Kemi. I hope we begin to think about these very sensitive issues and begin to take more action in our little corners. And I hope this episode of Define the Odds encourages someone to speak up and do the right thing. I love you all. Let's do this again, same time next week. Once again, I am Annabelle Kemi. Remember, whatever you do this year, this month, and this week, be sure to put a smile on someone else's face. Bye for now.